probably three weeks, two weeks since I got to teach from this, but in Galatians chapter number five, we're going to start in verse number seven. I'm going to read this and then we'll, it says, you did run well, who hinder you, that you should not obey the truth. It says, the persuasion cometh not from him that calleth you, a little leaven leaveth the whole lump. It says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be no otherwise minded but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. It says, and I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do you, uh, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. It says, I would that they were even cut off which trouble you. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. Praise you. So kind and merciful to us. And Lord, I just help, ask you to help us tonight with this message, Lord, that we're able to teach your word the way you'd have it to be taught, Lord, that there is only one truth, and that's your Son, Jesus Christ, uh, His death, His burial, His resurrection. Lord, the power that you put in Him, you sent back to stay with us, to guide us, to direct us, and Lord, that your Son is the only way to salvation. Help us, Lord, that we're able to walk the walk, Lord, that we're able to talk the talk, and we're able to live the life, Lord, that shows that it's all grace. It's nothing but grace that saves us, and it's our faith in your Son that saves us. There's no works can be added. There's no external factors that can be put on it. Lord, there's nothing but your son's death, burial, resurrection, his ascension, Lord. It's through his power, your, your power, the Holy Spirit that stays in us, that, that makes us children of God. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. But tonight I want us to look at this right here. Paul, is, is, he had been at this church. He had, he had established a church, and they were doing so well. They, they were effective in, in ministering and witnessing, taking care of the ones in the community that had been sick. They were doing what God had called a church to do, and they were telling everybody about the good news of Jesus Christ, and, and th- there was a, a change in these people's life. They once, they were pagans, they, they, they worshiped idols, they lived uh, shameful lives as we talked about. Uh, the, the, the desires of the flesh, the things that they were doing wrong, Paul instructed them, and the Holy Spirit gave them the ability and the power to change how they lived. You know, it, they were once doing things that was they didn't know was wrong. They had been brought up that way. I mean, that's just like if, if you know, me, my, my whole life, you know, my parents taught me that it was, you know, uh, okay to... Uh, you know, to, to go to parties. You know, you can go to a party, just don't, you know, get in there and do the wrong things. It's okay for you to be at parties. And, and then all of a sudden, whenever Jesus Christ come told me, it says it's not beneficial for you to be at those places. You know, it's not growing you spiritually to be hanging out with, with that, that crowd that, that's always doing the wrong things and making the choices. And then all of a sudden, my eyes were opened up and I, and, and God gave me the ability to be able to start saying no. That I'll, you know, I, you know, you can come to my house and we'll do things that edify God and edify my brother and lift him up and teach them and exhort them. But as far as me being in these places and, and being seen where I shouldn't be as a Christian, and that, that's what Paul's saying. Y'all done so good. You, you changed so much. The Holy Spirit gives you so much. And, and then he says, how foolish can y'all be? When you start reading, I think it's chapter 3, he says, how foolish, how, you know, how crazy is it? that now you've been changed, that, that somebody's come along and they give you a little different doctrine than what God sent to you by the Holy Spirit through the preached Word. And, and Paul asked him right here, he says, you were, and, and, and he emphasizes, he kind of relates the things of that day. It's kind of like football season in, in September. 
throughout the South. That's a big lifestyle, and it's easy for us to relay things that transpire through the work that goes in. And Paul was talking because the the, the there in, in Galatia, there was a lot of, of games that took place. The Olympics took place. These folks were training year-round, trying to compete. And, and this was a, a good way Paul could relate. And he's, he's trying to explain to them that you started out running real good. How many of y'all have ever seen these long-distance runners or these folks at a track meet that's running around with an overcoat on? You know, you've never seen anybody in track and field that has on excess baggage to slow them down. And Paul says, you put off those things that was hindering you, the sin that was in your life. You had put that stuff aside. You weren't living a life that, you know, you, you figured out that you could get away from that kind of life. And, and, and then here all of a sudden you were running so good, but now there's something that's, there, there's someone, there's a false doctrine that's holding you back. Y'all, we as individuals, how many times have we went through a revival or somebody getting saved on Sunday morning or we just had an awesome service and the Spirit was just, I mean, it was overflowing and running wide. Old folks was letting the Holy Spirit out and you left church and you was just on fire. You want to tell somebody about how awesome that service was. Things that you had prayed for for years all of a sudden had come to, 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 to you realize, you witnessed uh, somebody get saved that you prayed for and everything inside of you was just, you was, they, nobody could pour water on you and put you out. You was burning that hot. But all of a sudden there's something in, in life. Sickness or, 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 you know, work issues, child issues, relationship issues between you and your spouse. All of a sudden you got stuff that's holding you back. You was running really good, and all of a sudden now you're being held back. Things are testing your faith, and and you know I and I think this is deliberate. Satan come in. He sent these false teachers into Galatia there to hinder them, to slow them down, to get them off track. Y'all, so many times in our life, if we would keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ, Him alone, and and nothing else, that the stuff that bogs us down, that slows us down, that worries us. That wouldn't be a factor in our lives. We know God loves us and that He's going to take care of us and that no matter what. And this is what Paul's saying. He says, why have you quit following the truth? Something's holding you back. Verse number 8, he says that uh, it certainly is not God. These Judaizers come in teaching them that they had to hold fast the Mosaic Law. They had to be circumcised, the male people inside the church. They were putting all these burdens on these, these, these new Christians that they themselves could not they couldn't uphold. They couldn't do these things. And it's kind of like one of these things. If I find something, which there's a lot, that I can't do, well, then I'll go on to something else, and I'll push that to the back. And then I find things that I can do, and that's the way I want to set the standard for everybody around me is, well, I'm good at, 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 at this. Why can't you be good at this? That would be just like me getting up here talking. You know, that's one thing that I, I, I feel like the Lord's given me a gift. I can talk about anything. But there's some people that can't get up here. And then I want to say, well, you know, Tim, I can't believe you can't stand up here and talk 35, 40 minutes in front of a crowd like that. And, and this is what Paul's saying. These folks come into that and say, no, 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 you you stop. That's, there's no possible way that you can ever become a true child of God unless you go back to the old-fashioned way that we done, that our parents done, our grandparents done, all the way back to when God told Abraham, hey, when, when the, any male child in your household that's eight days old on that eighth day, you got to circumcise whether they be born in your house or bought to be brought into your house. 
This is what you got to do. And everything Moses wrote down in the law that you got to do, you got to do every one of them. Why did they wind up with nearly, what was it, 700 laws? Because they couldn't keep the first ten God gave them, so they continually added to that. Y'all, there's so many things in life. And Paul's telling them right here, verse number eight, he said, I it certainly is not God. For He is the one who called you to freedom. And y'all, this is what we don't understand is that we were bound in sin. The, the things in our life that does not please God is sin. And it says all of a sudden we had been set free from the, the, the pagan worship, from the anything that went against what God wanted for mankind. You've been set free from that right there. You've been given strength to overcome these things, but yet you've fallen back into them. He says these, these false teachings is like yeast. How many folks in here know what yeast is? I know Sister Fleming does say, uh, you know, it, that pack of, of yeast that goes in that yeast rolls, what is it, probably an ounce of yeast that you put into that big old bowl of dough to make it start rising up. And it don't take much yeast to make a batch of yeast rolls, to put in that flour and that dough and all that, how you mix it up. It don't take a whole lot of yeast to affect the, the batch of dough. The same sense, it don't take but just a little bit of false teaching to get everybody in the church derailed, sidetracked, off in left field. And now that we go on and we try to educate, we try to expound on the Word of God, and we try to teach people that's had some type of false doctrine instilled in them. It's the hardest thing in the world for us to go back to the Word of God, what thus saith the Lord, you know, out of His Bible. out of the, God wrote this for us to be able to live by. But all of a sudden, you got these people that want to pick a verse here and a verse here and a verse over here, and they build a whole denomination off of three verses and expect everybody to change and go to that instead of just taking it verse by verse, living. And that's what Paul is trying to get them to understand. He says that, that these false teachers is like yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. He says, I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. And I want you to understand, if you go back into, I think it's Matthew, where Jesus Christ is talking about and He warns His disciples, it says, beware of the leaven of the, 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 the Pharisees. And the disciples with Him thought it was over them fact they didn't bring bread with them that day. And Jesus says, I'm not talking about food. I'm, not ta I'm talking about their teaching. Their teaching is wrong. It's from the devil. They're misleading people. They're misguiding people. And y'all... If we can't carry the simple truth of that faith in Jesus Christ is what saves you, how are we, I mean, y'all, we've got to know this and be confident in this that we don't deviate from that, that it's nothing I've ever done. Ashley Penton has not done anything that amounts to nothing in this world that, that, that God could ever look on me and say, you've done enough, I'll let you into heaven. He didn't, he didn't have a system that way. He sent the law to show everybody how messed up they were, how far away from God they were. But he says, I'm going to create a way for you to be able to be accepted by me. And y'all, it's so easy for us to place our faith in Jesus Christ. But when we start thinking about these things and somebody comes up and tells you, well, you know, it can't be that easy. You've got to do just a little bit of something for God to love you so much. That he'll, that he'll save you. And that, that's as far from the truth as that, that you can ever get is if you add anything to grace. And this is what I want you to understand. You got people out there today and, and we have got, uh, uh, so many, I don't want to call them denominations, false religions. Almost, that's all you can say. They're false religions. 
Anybody out there that adds baptism, that adds any kind of good works, any kind of, of you've got to pray so many times, you've got to go and confess to, to a priest so many times, y'all, they're all dead and they're going to die and go to hell because they have not placed their faith in the precious blood of Jesus. And, and that's what's so sad today. And when Paul was talking about, in verse 9 up there, the false teachers, you know, back in that day it was Judaizers. It was folks that said they had come from Jerusalem. They, they, were, they, they kept the law. They were part of the Pharisee group. But yet they, they, they seen where this, this Jesus movement was going. And they said, if we don't get on board with this and incorporate Jesus into our theology, then we're going to lose everybody. We're not going to have any money in the temples. We're not, everybody's going to be gone doing, you know, they're going to be following this Jesus guy. Said, now it's time for us to get on board. And that's how they were able to get the money. They were able to go back and, and to preach these messages and to put a heavy noose around these folks' neck and put a bondage upon them. And they, they were able to continue to line their pockets from the false teachings they were doing, they was adding these things. Y'all, how many folks do you know that you can go sit and cut on your TV and, and he'll preach the prettiest message in the world and tell you that everything's going to be good and all you've got to do is speak it in the name of Jesus Christ and send me a $100 and everything's going to be good in your life? Where does the Bible ever tell us that it's going to be good? You know, I've read the verse at my father-in-law's funerals just the other day. It says, Jesus says, He told His disciples, He says, look, take heart. I think it's John 16, 33. Take heart, because in this world you're going to have tribulation. That means in this world you're going to have sorrow, you're going to have pain, you're going to have suffering, you're going to have all these things. He says, but take courage, be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. Do you realize the magnitude that one verse has to, to reassure and to, and to go ahead and get us prepared. You better hang on because it ain't going to be easy. He said, because they persecuted me, do you not think they're going to persecute you? The people that preach the Bible, that preach that sin is wrong, that sin can't be tolerated, that sin can't be lived in, sin can't be, you know, you can't continue in that path. If you've been born again, you can't live that kind of life. Because there's so many places in the Bible that tells us that, that, that the adulterer, the idolater, the fornicator, the, the, the liar, the, the drunkard, all these the, the people that are backbiters and haters and they'll have no inheritance of the kingdom of God. Is that preached anymore? Not too many churches preach it. Why? Because it's not popular. It don't build a good crowd. But if I tell you, hey, you just, you know, name it and claim it. You know when you cattle. Hey, these are the things that as a pastor, as a teacher, that I've got to go back and, and we're going to take it verse by verse and expand what the Bible's telling us how we need to live. I want to look at Second uh, Peter chapter number 2 for just a minute. Uh, this may be where we finish and pick back up next week. Let me... Let me do this. Can y'all even see that?
Alright. If we look right here, verse number one, Second Peter chapter number two, verse number one, Peter is talking to them and he's warning them about false teachers. And this, I, I, I want to read ten verses to you. Uh, it says, but there were also false prophets in Israel. Pa- Peter was going back to Old Testament times. And it says, just as there will be false teachers among you. Y'all, we're going to have false teachers among us today, just like there's nothing changed. Just the people's faces has changed. That's the only thing in life that's ever changing is the people's faces. So they will be uh, cleverly teaching destructive heresy, even denying the master who brought them, bought them. It says, in this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality. immorally. Y'all understand this right here? Paul is prophesying about what's happening that day, what would happen today that we live in 2020, and what happened back before Jesus Christ ever come when Moses was there, all the way through where there's been teachers of God's Word and God's message to His people. There's always been people out there that they, they deny this. That they deny the power of God. They deny... Uh, it says, many, of their, uh, many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality... And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Now, the, all this is what we got to look at. To have a false statement made about you, what is that? It's a lie, right? So when somebody's giving you a false salvation or a false way to God, it's a lie. Who is the father of lies? Satan is. And this is what we got to understand. Verse number three. In their in their greed. They will make up a clever lie to get hold of your money, but God condemns though, condemned them long ago, and their destruction, destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell, uh, into a gloomy pit of darkness. There will be, uh, where they will be held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except who? Noah and his seven. I want you to understand this. God's judgment has fallen already three times. I'm fixing to read you the third judgment that had come on mankind. The first was to the angels. The second was to Noah's group. The only people that made it through there was Noah and his seven in uh, his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world from ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says he turned them into a heap of ashes and he made an example of what will happen to ungodly people. Y'all, when God's wrath falls the last time, when judgment day hits and we are raptured out of the church, all hell's going to break loose on earth. There's going to be devastation. There's just, y'all, we can't famine how bad the world is going to get. We've had a small taste of it with business, corporations, with everything that started shutting down when COVID hit and started blowing up and, you know, there was a food shortage there for a minute or everybody thought there was and you couldn't find paper towels or, or, or milk or eggs at the grocery store because folks just went in hysteria. Imagine when God pulls the church out of the, out of the world. When God pulls the church out of the world, there's going to be a, a it's, it's going to be so bad, folks will fall for anything. And if y'all look at how corrupt our system is today, if you look at every politician out there, I'm not, I'm not on anybody's side right now, because it's one of those things that they're, they're out, nobody wants to go back to the Word of God. 
Nobody wants to take the Word of God and stand on it and say, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to guide my people by what the Word of God says. Man thinks they figured out better ways to lead people. And what are they leading us into? Total destruction. I don't care who they are, what they stand for. If they don't stand on the Word of God, y'all, there's no... What does Revelation tell us is going to happen? That the world is going to wax worse and worse. Things are going to get worse. People are going to get more evil. More evil. You know, we're already evil. They just folks lost any morality and they're coming out of the closet with everything. They don't care what they post on Facebook no more. They don't care what they share on Snapchat anymore. They don't care of the morality that they, 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 they just, they just don't care anymore. And if you look in Romans chapter number one, it says in the, they, they, they worship the creation more than the creator. And God turned them over to a reprobate mind and they invented new ways to sin and live destructively. Y'all, this is the time that we're living in today that people just don't care anymore. It's, you know, used to 50 years ago, if, if, if a husband and a wife had marital problems and one was, uh, 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 you know, what, cheated on them or, or wasn't, uh, I can't think of the word, fidelity or whatever, you know, they just stayed in it. They kept it hid. Now folks don't care if you get tired and it's like, hey, I, you ain't pleasing me no more. It's time for you to go. I'm going to go find somebody else. And here they go and post all these lovely pictures of their new marriage on Facebook and oh, how wonderful this person is. It ain't going to be long to that person. They bored with them and hey, here we go. I'm around number three, four, five, six. I heard this week during this study that there was one lady that had been married 20. Now this was Old Testament in Rome. It says that they had been recorded that this, when she died, that was her 26th husband. And it was his 23rd wife. It just got to a point. They didn't care. They could have, what did Moses do in the Old Testament? If, if the wife burnt their supper, they could go say, hey, I ain't happy with her no more. I'd give her a written divorce. And kick her out the door and here they were. Y'all, people ain't got no worse. They've been bad all since Adam and Eve in the garden and man sinned. Mankind has been fallen. But yet now we don't care as much. We don't care of the shame of sin, the sin, the reproach. We don't care anymore. The society we live in anymore does not care what people think. Because they do not have any morals that hold themselves. Just like when Paul, Peter was writing this right here. He says, verse number 7, But God has also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the sinful, shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man and was tormented in his soul by the wickedness that he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from uh, their trials. I want you to understand this right here. You know, so many times in life we worry about, well, how am I going to be protected well, if God could save one man, was it two daughters? I think Lot had two daughters. He saved, his wife come out with him too, but she looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. But you realize how God could save out of the, I don't know how many thousands of people was in Sodom and Gomorrah, but God destroyed everybody but three people. You imagine, God knows every hair that ain't on my head anymore. And everyone that is on my head. He knows me that close that He's going to be able to take care of every one of us. If we love Him and live for Him and obey Him and, and, and honor Him by the way we live. 
I want you to understand, yes, Lot was a righteous man, verse 8, it says, and who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness that he saw day after day. So yes, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the final day of judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual and uh, just, uh, it despised, and, and who despise authority. What's the problem in the world today? The sex sin is terrible. It's rampant. But folks despise authority. Now Randy's going to give me a big amen on this. Because every time he tries to pull somebody over, he has to fear for his life. Do they have any respect for the law that uh, the, that the land has put over them? Are they going to be just belligerent? And, and you know, that, every police officer now has got a body cam, more, more or less, that records everything. That, why do they have to have a body cam? Because of the society we live in today has no respect for authority. And Paul was writing about this 2,000 years ago. I mean, you think about how, you know, we've had a lot more time to practice evilness and, 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 and all this, you know, it's pitiful how the people live today. That they have no respect for God, no respect for themselves, no respect for their family. I can be, I can remember as a child getting ready to go off when I was 13 and I don't say it had done any good, but I was warned, remember whose name you carry. Don't get out there and embarrass me. Remember whose name you carry. Y'all, remember, if you carry the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, are you an embarrassment to Him out in this world? Folks that's listening to me online, maybe, later, are you an embarrassment when you go out into the public, how you act, how you live, the things you do, the places you go? Verse number 11, Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that, you're, uh, that you must be circumcised, there's one case in Acts where Timothy come to Paul he knew Timothy's mother and grandmother, and Paul was a godly man that had been brought up in the right to worship, to love the Lord, to honor Jesus. And Paul knew that his daddy was a Gentile, his mother was a Jew, but he never had been circumcised. Paul asked him to go be circumcised where he could go into the synagogues with him because no non-Jew could ever come through the door of the synagogue. Paul would have been put to death. But Paul says, if I'm preaching circumcision, why am I still being crucified, or, 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 or why am I still being persecuted? He says, if I no longer were preaching salvation through the cross, Christ would, uh, no one would be offended. Paul says, if he changed what he preached from Christ alone to works based, then they wouldn't be mad at him anymore. Everywhere Paul went, he had a problem with this. I'm finishing up right here. He says, I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision. Now, y'all need to go through and read this and study this. Paul says that it was a mutilation to the body for them to demand this to happen to them, for them to go be circumcised. Paul says, and then I think it's the, the, the King James Version says they should be cut off. The reason he's saying be cut off, he says that they need to be castrated to where they could no longer reproduce. That's why they done this to, to males in the... The, the kings would have these men that took care of their harem to, to keep them from being able to... And Paul says they don't need to be able to reproduce this false doctrine. They don't need to be able to go out and teach people. They don't need to go out and do these things. Paul, I mean, and this was a harsh, harsh message that Paul wrote this letter out of righteous anger 
to say, look, you better get back on track because the people that you're talking to and the people that you're telling has got to do all these things, they're going to die and go to hell. Y'all, we as Christians have got to carry the true Word of God out to a lost and dying world. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much. Lord, I ask that this congregation would look to your Word for wisdom, for guidance, for direction. Lord, that we could put down pride and arrogance and, and, and the things where we think we know everything. And God, we could look to you for guidance. Lord, we as individual Christians, Lord, we need to be strengthened by you each and every day. Lord, that we would be found doing your will, your way. God, please forgive us where we sin. God, direct us and keep us safe. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming tonight. Appreciate you being here.